travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. One of the best features of traveling in Asia is the broad variety of transport options that exist. From private cars to motorbikes, planes, trains, and of course, buses, Asia is one of the easiest continents to get around. Buses play an integral role in most journeys, from getting to or from an airport, sightseeing within a city, or moving between cities and provinces. Buses can be one of your fastest and most affordable options. On this episode, we'll cultivate our many, many years traveling Asia by bus, share some memorable stories, tips, and hopefully help to ensure you use buses to their fullest on your next journey to the region. In Bangkok is Scott Coates and... In Bangkok is Trevor Ranges. Hey, Scott. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. Yeah, we're sitting at my kitchen table uh, looking across from one another, and it is kind of the third quarter of January 2023, and we are cheersing right now. Cheers. Cheers. I'm drinking a Budweiser beer in Thailand. Yeah, I, I am... Drinking a Budweiser as well, because you brought me a Budweiser. If you listeners can hear a light hum in the background, it's because it's uh, unseasonally cool this evening. And we have the balcony door here at my apartment open. So we sort of have windows open, uh, a Budweiser going, a little bit of America. And uh, we're going to talk about buses, which, you know, you mentioned this. And I sort of thought, surely we did buses like five years ago, six years ago. But no, we've not done buses. Yeah, I think... I was looking at some episodes we'd done about like trains and planes and airports, and we did a, a number of just transportations, motorcycles. Yeah, we did exactly. a bunch of motorcycles. And then uh, I was recently on a bus from Phnom Penh to Siem Reap with uh, a bunch of brewers uh, up going up for a beer festival and a bus full of beer. Sounds dangerous. And I was like, like this is strangely familiar. I'm like, I feel like I've had a bunch of crazy bus stories that uh, Scott and I should share. I like that. Sounds like a crazy <laughs> bus story. I'm on a bus with a bunch of brewers. Going to a beer fest with a bus full of beer. That I hope that's in this episode. You can keep it secret. Indeed, yeah. So, uh, you know, in, in Cambodia, over the past two years, I've taken the bus quite a lot. So, in Cambodia, has always been a country where the bus is one of the main options, you know, because that's uh, a, there's a limited number of options. But, uh, yeah, I've been on the bus a lot over the past couple of years, and I have quite a few Cambodia mm -hmm. bus stories and probably a few in Thailand and a few here and there. But uh, I'm always interested to hear your stories for airplanes and trains and stuff, so yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think the, the disclaimer kind of is that as I've gotten older, I haven't really taken buses much, I'd say. Well, I have actually in some senses, but I haven't made it a big part of my, my trips in the last few years, but I have logged many thousands of kilometers on buses, particularly between Bangkok and Chiang Rai in my first 13 years when I was hosting trips. But I've ridden them, you know, I didn't count it up, but it's got to be at least 10 Asian countries minimum I've taken them. So yeah, I'm looking forward to recalling. Yeah, it's not generally my preferred form of transportation. Um, I don't even like flying so much. That was one of my ironies of being a travel writer was that I didn't enjoy traveling so much. You know, I like to walk. I like a bike. I like to be outdoors, but I, I can't sit for long periods of time. I have too much energy and like yeah. a bus 
is a place where you tend to be able to move around the least because in a car, at least you can stop hmm. more often, you know, yeah. you have more opportunities to stop and stretch your legs. Whereas the bus, it's kind of these long periods of time, but like, I'm lucky that I can work on my computer. I can read, I can do, I can get a lot of stuff done on the bus. So I've learned to enjoy it more. Lucky indeed. Cause I can't read. If I try and read for about three minutes, I feel car sick. So that's great. You can do it. So yeah, we're going to reflect on our, probably some of our earlier travels. We're going to share some some weird, funny stories. You know what's funny is I just realized now, one week ago today, uh, my wife Erica and I got back to Thailand from Canada, and we took a bus in Tokyo. So I actually recently have taken a bus because our flight from Vancouver to Tokyo landed late. The next flight was in seven hours from Haneda Airport, not Narita, a different mm -hmm. airport. So we actually had to get our luggage, get out, go through the quick, easy quarantine-like questions, and ride a bus 80 kilometers across Tokyo to Haneda, which was smooth. But hey, how timely. I didn't think I was riding a bus, and I just did in Tokyo. Well, there you go. Uh, so I hope our listeners can relate as well. And hopefully you all have uh, had some bus experiences, so you know what we're talking about um, maybe not specifically in Cambodia classic experiences there's like karaoke on the bus there's plastic seats <laughs> in between the middles of the rows for for other passengers to sit in and uh, yeah sometimes toilets sometimes not right so the bus is always an adventure yeah so just before we get into it you know here we are another year 2023 and this is still going and we're looking forward to the year but trevor and i cover the costs uh, to keep everything running and we have great people called patrons and they sponsor the show every month and as a result they get a little something special in between these episodes a little video a little special short audio version sometimes photos so if you could click on donate on the page or go to patreon and search talk travel asia that'd be awesome and thank you patrons have a great year ahead traveling and enjoy our bonus materials so i was thinking trevor maybe we kind of break this down maybe we could start and think about city buses yeah you know that seems to be like one of the best uses for buses probably you know even i rode the bus in la for a while and in hawaii okay. the honolulu the bus there is is well regarded i guess um here in bangkok you know i've ridden the bus here a bit and uh, it's, I find it kind of useful, even if I have no idea where that bus is necessarily going to end up. But they're just cruising along some of these streets and there's like these red sort of open air Mercedes old square boxes. Right. Some of them are green and some of them mean shorter or longer trips. But like it, it's only like less than 25 cents, you know, like the right. bus is only a pennies to get on. And then you just sort of ride it for like if you're in a hurry and you need to get some like a few blocks away and there happens to be a bus there. Just jump on the bus and hope that like you're able to jump off in a few blocks. Yeah. Has worked for me. <laughs> Um, but in Bangkok, there's motorbikes and taxis and everything else that makes the bus like a not common experience. Yeah. And we're talking Asia, right? Talk Travel Asia. Trevor and I have obviously not been in buses in all countries in Asia. Uh, you know, between airports in Japan, it's easy and it's affordable. Bangkok has a ton of buses, but good luck figuring out where it's coming from or where it's going if you don't speak Thai. But, you know, I, I kind of like your idea, Trevor, of just jumping on a bus. Like if you got on a bus and went a few kilometers... And then went to the other side of the road and got a bus going or back. A motorbike that'd be, from there, you know. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, you know, buses here in Bangkok can get pretty slow, and you've got boats and motorcycle taxis, which are sometimes better. But, you know, in the last couple of years, I, I've taken buses in Singapore, which is, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum for Asia because they're completely air-conditioned, super clean, super efficient. I looked on Google Maps what time the bus come in, comes exactly that minute. I wrote it downtown to business and stuff. So, you know, Singapore's were really impressive. 
Yeah, you know, within cities, there's a lot of good rail systems. You know, Singapore, Tokyo, Bangkok, a lot of these cities have such good rail systems that the bus is... It just never has been a good option for me. I think sometimes maybe you have to buy like a ticket. Like you, you most buses in my experience need exact change, or you got to pay. Yeah, or triple. more. Like if you have a five dollar bill and it's a dollar seventy, you're paying five dollars, whatever the currency may be. Yeah. So otherwise, you can probably get a card, like an MRT card or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I've never felt like I'm going to invest that much into like I'm going to ride the bus that much while I'm in the city. You know. Yeah. You know, I took a very short bus ride. I feel like I was in uh, Mongolia, in Ulaanbaatar, but I could be mistaken there. Interesting thing here in Thailand, there's no city buses in Chiang Mai, just the red trucks, a private mm-hmm. system. Um, you know, Beijing, I had an interesting train ride that I, I asked somehow what train number or bus number to go here to there because I wanted to see things. That worked pretty good. I, I think you've touched on an important one, exact change, or just have like all kinds of small denominations. So if you don't know how much, you can kind of motion to the bus driver. And yeah, then all the people behind you are behind oh, sure. you. Oh, sure. You don't know how much ah. it costs. But, hey, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think some of the funnest buses I've had are in the smaller towns uh, or smaller cities and countries. And keep in mind that, you know, places like Laos and whatnot or, or developing countries, the buses might be bad now. But I think overall buses are only going to continue to get better in all countries. Yeah, or, or maybe they're going to skip buses somehow. I don't know. Again, if we mentioned Laos, like there's the high-speed rail in, in Laos now, you know. But I took a, like a taxi to the border of Laos to Champasak. We were going to Pakse and uh, Wat Pu, yeah? Okay. And uh, we crossed the border on foot and then got a taxi from there into... That's like Pakse, yeah, the town. Yeah. yeah, okay. And then from there to Champasak, like we're like, where can we get like a bus or something like that? And this isn't a bus story, I guess, because there's no such thing as buses in that part of Laos too. Yeah, it was just like a, a big flatbed truck sort of filled with boxes and we sat on top of the boxes in the back. It was like, you know, like semi covered with all mm. these families and you know, and had to hop off at some point, right? So there's like buses. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. A lot of cities do have these private systems like you're talking about, but yeah, I think we've touched on that regardless of the city, if you've got the courage, like ask someone what bus number to get on and just ride a bus yeah. is kind of neat. Well, let's, you know, I started to touch on kind of longer journeys and just in a city. So why don't we get into cross country and then maybe even between country kind of bus rides. I know I've had a few of them. I used to use the VIP 999 bus overnight to Northern Thailand. Um, but you can also take that same 99 bus company and some others from Bangkok all the way to Phnom Penh now. That's been in existence for a couple of years. Um, I know across Laos, I mean, I've taken them from Luang Prabang to Vientiane, which was terrifying. In Malaysia, you know, it's a very good option to get from Kuala Lumpur to Singapore because one, KL's airport is like an hour taxi ride out of the city anyway. And you can get a really nice bus with some Wi-Fi and aircon. It's about five hours. So you figure by the time you drive out to the KL airport, check in, go through security, fly to Singapore, that's, you know, 45 minutes and all that. This bus for five hours is is pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I think I've hit a bunch of that. Like thinking about it now, like when I first came to to Asia in '96, I took a bus pretty much from when I got to Malaysia border to Penang. Mm-hmm. I did some little day trip out to the to Penang National Park, like way out on the the west coast. Right. I yeah. was looking for a place to camp because I was trying to camp everywhere through Asia and Australia and whatnot. And I ended up going into Sumatra, and I took a big bus ride in Sumatra down to well first up to Bukit Luang and then down to 
Lake Toba. And that was a tricky one. That bus station, I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. I had no idea which bus was going where. And it was like about to be sunset. And uh, yeah, and you have to make a decision and just be like, God, I hope this bus going out into the middle of Sumatra somewhere is is the right one. You know? Sure. Um, but then, yeah, all down the east coast of Malaysia on buses. And I did the KL to Singapore okay. on a bus too, yeah. Um, and that Luang Prabang to... Vang Vieng, like that's pretty crazy Terrifying, scary. Yeah. yeah, that's a roller coaster. I have a story about that one. Yeah, for real, one of the most roller coaster ride bus that's ride pretty experiences. Yeah, you know what I'd say though, if if you've got a bit of time and maybe not a ton to carry, and you're going between towns that are say two to four hours, I think getting the local village bus is one of the coolest ways that you can just get a sense for people, absolutely, and where you are and what's yeah. going on because you'll see, like you know. People with not a lot of money, you'll see business people, you'll see people carrying live animals in a cage, maybe not a cage, and you'll see people with a suitcase. So you really get like a broad cross section. People get curious about you. And I know when I've taken them rural ones between kind of rural towns, those are really, really good experiences. As long as you're prepared to be a bit uncomfortable, you bring water, but I think it's a good experience. Yeah, I think maybe one of the moments I've been closest to crying might have been on a bus. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, because I, I didn't, I'm looking through the notes here and I didn't mention this, but uh, the animals and the people, totally true. Yeah, because mm. I took the a bus from somewhere in Sumatra down to Lake Toba and it was a crazy bus ride and it was like these beautiful winding mountains. This is all like massive volcanoes. It's one of the world's largest craters with the lake in the center of it and an okay. island and um, it's spectacular countryside, but the bus is crazy windy. The first leg of the bus, the there was no seats at all. It was like standing room only. And the bus was like five feet tall. Like yeah. it was like I had to I couldn't fully stand up. I had to like hunch over. And then I was like finally just like sat on the floor. So I like sat on the floor like cross legged with like people's legs around me, like in between the seats for like three or four hours or something like that. Okay. And then finally I got like a seat next to this guy and like he was holding the box that turned out to be like a box full of little baby chickens. And he was like the sweetest little old dude with the box of baby chickens that I got to sit next to after not being able to sit on a seat for, for so long, you Whoa. know, but once you were able to see out the window and you had people to interact with, like, yeah, local buses are, it's like, it's part of the special travel experience. Right? Yeah. I think you got to be prepared to stand too. Cause some of those buses can be busy and you're kind of a dickhead. If you know, a, an older person wants a seat and you, and you're sitting. So anyway, we've kind of already, I think, gone into the next section, which is bus stories, where we're going to recall and share a few of uh, our bus stories. You know, one that comes to mind for me, that's just something you mentioned, is I think it was 2000, year 2000. And my friends and I were taking a bus from Luang Prabang to Vientiane. For some reason, we had to get the whole way. And I think it was something like a 10-hour journey or eight-hour. It was a long journey. But you mentioned a roller coaster road and particularly, yeah, the first two thirds of that or, or so of that ride is a roller coaster road to uh, Vang Vien. And this bus was kind of an extra long bus, but all four tires were noticeably totally bald when we got on the bus. And apparently we were not aware of the race or the speed competition, maybe something like a Strava back then where you try and set the record. But this driver the entire way drove obscenely dangerously fast. And you could sometimes even feel one of the wheels, particularly in the back, kind of lift off the ground, despite it being a long, like extra long bus, so it shouldn't. 
And, and feeling Loading. that, I know the feeling. Right yeah, there. feeling that wheel probably only come off for half a second was unnerving, and we were literally shitting our drawers for the whole ten hours. That was not a good one. One of my Cambodia stories was a great bus day. I went from I was going from Phnom Penh, I believe I intended to spend the night in Battambang, possibly Poi Pet, which is the the city on the border with Thailand. Okay. But it, you know, it's like a, it's a it's a pretty full day, like the bus ride from Phnom Penh to Battambang. Like that's kind of enough, really. Right. Yeah. Um, because I meant to stop in Persat. So Persat's kind of halfway. So that was like maybe three or four hours back then. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a Persat. And I was like updating some travel guidebook material. So I just like left my backpack at like right at the bus. There's no bus station. It's like a corrugated, like little shack benches on okay. the side of the road. There. Yeah. And uh, left my bag there. Ran around to like a couple of hotels before I found one that had a bicycle that I could rent because like this town gets like four to six tourists a week. Okay. Yeah, four to six French people a week. Maybe one night a week, two nights a week. There's somebody staying somewhere, but that's right. about it. Yeah. Get this bicycle, ride all over town, go to check to see like is the one restaurant I would recommend people go to open? Is the little stone carving village like all still like I remember it? Get back to Persat to, to the bus station there. Wait for the next bus to come. Jump on the bus to Batambang. That was Valentine's Day when I wrote the crocodile honeybee. And okay. uh, I wrote this little children's story about a crocodile honeybee and a bear on right. the bus to Batambang. Get to Batambang. What time is the last bus to Poipet? Okay, I know. Can I leave my bag here? I'm going to go run around town. Get a bicycle. Go ride the bicycle all around Batambang. Decide, all right, I, I got time to make it to Poipet. And so I'm waiting for the bus because they told me what time it leaves. And it's like, should it should be here at least. You know, and it's not about ready to leave, but it's like soon. And uh, somebody's like, hey, you waiting for the bus to Poipet? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, that leaves from the other bus station now, you know? Mm. So I jump in and I took to cruise across town. The bus is there. There's already some people waiting on it. So I'm like, yeah, buy my ticket throw my bag underneath the bus and the, the bus isn't turned on and the driver's just sitting in the seat. And so I'm like point at my watch and I'm like, Hey, what time are you leaving? When are we going? Yeah. Yeah. And he just sort of looked at me like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. So I turned around to smoke a cigarette. I walked over to the, to the counter where they were selling the bus tickets. Right. Yeah. And then smoking a cigarette, looked at my phone. I turned to the guy. I'm like, Hey, what time is the bus to Poipet leave? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I look and the bus is gone. Like somehow in that like five seconds, the bus like left silently, <laughs> like literally. And I was like, I'm like, oh, my God, where did the bus go? And uh, I, I got a motorbike guy and I'm like, boy, Pat, boy, Pat. And he's like, you want to go to boy, Pat? I'm like, boy, Pat. And so we take off on the motorbike and I'm trying to tell him like, bus, I'm looking boy. for the bus. I'm like, yeah. we're looking for the bus. Yeah. And we chased down the bus and we pulled in front of it to like stop it. Yeah. Okay. And I walk around and the door opens and, and it's not the same bus driver, but I'm pretty sure that's the bus. And I'm like, my bag? And he goes, my bag? And then I said, Poipet? And he goes, Poipet? And I'm like, okay. And I got on the bus and everybody's laughing at me. And then I didn't know whether or not my bag was in there or whether I was going the right way until I got to Poipet, you know? Whoa. And then it turned out the ATMs there were down and I couldn't stay in the hotel and I had to cross the border right before it closed with, like, no money and then, like, hustle my way onto a minivan to Bangkok. Oh, those are Using, fun. like, three different currencies. That was barely enough. And, okay. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. I like chasing the bus. Yeah, all the way to Bangkok. Mine isn't uh, quite as good as yours, but it's different. And I had been at a given sanctuary where we've 
been friends with the owners uh, that used to run it. And I needed to get from Mesot to Chiang Mai. And that's probably a, I think it was about a six hour journey. And the only bus going for some reason within any time period, and usually there'd be good buses, was like a little country bus, like the people's bus. And it was going rural roads the whole way. And I don't know how this was the case, but I was on it for a while and it was pretty uncomfortable, fell asleep a bit, woke up. And then in some little village, a whole bunch of teenage monks, teenage age monks got on. I think it was about a half dozen of them. And there was lots of seats on this people's country bus, open, <laughs> all the windows open. But they basically sat in the row behind me, the row in front of me, and two of them like right next to me on my oh, bench, yeah. right? And so I'm literally surrounded on all sides except the wall of the bus. You really see it, they're laughing and yelling by and monks. jumping around. Yeah, and they didn't really say much. The no, couple pleasantries, they oh, didn't yeah. seem to either want to talk a lot or couldn't. But then they all started to fall asleep. Huh. And I had like... The, the guy right next to me was all over me, like not just leaning on me, but like a hand on my like leg and leaning on me. And then the guy behind ends up falling asleep, but leaning forward and his hands down over my left shoulder. And I just thought like, do I wake these turkeys up? They're just teenagers, but they're also monks. And for, I'd say a good hour and a half, I sat sort of with monks hanging on me <laughs> on this little people's bus. And it was pretty hot. It was just kind of a comical situation. I sort of wish someone could have gotten a photo of it, or I kind of yeah. thought of my own candid camera in Thailand or something. Like, right. it was a bit weird. A friend of mine uh, gave me some medicinal brownies. Okay, yeah. Say, yeah. And uh, and I, I don't believe I knew they knew that I was going to have to go on a visa run. And all the years that I lived in Thailand, I never really went on, like, visa run, visa runs. I always had something to do somewhere, and kind of I, I really worked at that hustle pretty well. Gotcha. Um but one time I was like, oh, I got to do one of these, like, take the bus to Cambodia deals. Just, like, step across the border and then come back in. And somebody gave me these medicinal brownies. So I was hungover anyway. And I was just like, oh, I ate these brownies. And I went to the bus station. And the guy's like, dude, the bus left. He's like, you missed the bus. And I was oh. like, oh, right? I'm like, no, what am I going to do? This is so stupid. And then he's like, let me see your passport. And he takes my passport and he's looking through the passport. And he's like, he's like, hey, you got like one more month. You don't even need to go on the, the visa run yet. That's a good one. Exactly. Because I could have been on that bus by mistake and had spent the whole day doing that all for nothing. So this is a dodging a bus adventure. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, mine is a long time ago as well. I, I think I was in Vietnam in 96. This is a long time ago. Uh, and if that's the year, the World Cup was on, I remember. As we were making our way from the north of Vietnam down to Ho Chi Minh over many bus rides, there was a few of them which were goddamn frightening. And one night in particular, and I figured out why they'd all been frightening, but one night we were in a bar, and I was with some people who were watching World Cup, and we were there till probably 1 a.m., and there was a table of a few guys next to us who were drinking a shit ton. And the next morning, guess who our bus driver is? One of the guys at the table. And he was basically like almost falling asleep driving and driving pretty dangerously. And I realized that that's why those bus rides had been terrifying because people were staying up due to time change till like all night, right? 4 or 5 a.m. watching uh, World Cup football having drinks like that driver I saw. And it just kind of really made me realize it's tough to know, but if you can figure out if people, you know, big sporting events or things that could screw up the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the good health and focus of drivers and it's worth avoiding, but I wouldn't have known. Yeah. That's quite interesting. Wouldn't something you wouldn't consider when you're doing the bus drive, but no, but that said, you know, like I, I will get into tips a little later, but you know, there are some like, 
common sense sort of things like not taking buses at night because drivers, truck drivers, to take amphetamines, whatever stuff like that we'll get to. But like I do consider like, hey, is this person a safe driver? You know, like you want somebody driving your bus that like is yeah. kind of sharp and looks like they're with it and stuff like that. Yeah. The scary cliffs like that Luang Prabang to Bang Vieng trip is super sketchy. Some buses I was on in Yunnan, which is similar, you know, like northern Vietnam and northern Thailand, some crazy winding cliff sides and stuff like that, which are scary as heck. But that was Yunnan, one of the first places that I saw bunk beds on okay. a bus. You know, because they have sleeper buses, and I've seen sleeper buses where they're just fully reclining seats, you know? Right. And I assumed that there was something like a train sleeper car for with buses, you know? But in China, it was just like bunk beds, and they they had it so that there was like two, there was like bunk beds, there was bunk beds on either side of like the windows, right? Okay. And then there was an aisle, and then there was like twin bunk beds in the middle. So oh, it's sort cool. of like an airplane, the, huh, the three, four, three configuration, you know? Yeah. So two kind of bunk beds against the window and then a double like in the center separated by aisles. And there was like almost nobody on it. So we're just like, we had this whole, like, you could like have your own like double in the center and we it's each had, sweet. yeah, it was pretty fun. Huh. And then some other people got on along the way and <coughs> I don't know, it was kind of like slumber camp party, but we were on there during the day. So it was kind of, huh. you know, fun to, to lounge like that. But uh, Okay. Before we get into the tips, I'll tell a story and, a, and then just a tiny touch on one. But I've told this on an episode of the show before. I don't remember which one. But when I think of kind of weird or uncomfortable bus journeys, this always comes in. And I was a backpacker. So this, I think, gosh, I think this is 94 or 93, but I've never forgotten it. I was coming from Koh Samui and I had to get to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia to catch my flight back to Canada after a one-year trip. And... It must have been the last meal we had on Kotsamui before we came to the mainland, and I got food poisoning. I was on a bus from Suratani to KL, crossing country, and I, I don't know how long that is, but maybe eight hours? I don't know. It's got to be a bit. And God, was I sick. And then I realized I'm going to puke. And I went to go to the toilet that they had, but they had a chain on the outside of the toilet. Like, for whatever reason, they had chain locked the toilet closed, and I had to barf I ended up barfing all over myself. I went back to the seat and I was scrambling to find something and I puked all over myself. And then someone gave me some towels and I had to sit like that for the rest of the journey. <laughs> and at one rest stop, I kind of just washed my clothes a bit, but that was pretty awful. And I'll say one other can tip. I wasn't hung over. I was food poisoning. But one time I had to, we rode a bus in Nepal for a rafting trip about an hour plus and it was a long bus, and I got stuck at the very back, so you can only see a speck of window at the front to see what's yeah. going on. And I was hungover, and I think it's best uh, to avoid drinking too much before the bus. All right. Sometimes, wait, sorry. Sometimes it's better not to have a bathroom on the bus at all. You know, like the buses in Cambodia don't seem to have bathrooms, and there's stops along the way where there's reasonably good bathrooms nowadays. Although when I went up to Ratnakiri, one of those early trips, there was this literally like a wooden outhouse on the side of the road that was. Yeah, let's not get into that. Maybe we'll have to have an episode on toilet stories because if you mention that and, and, and with the Albert one, I'm like, actually, I have a, quite a few. So weird, there's a tip. Yeah, don't things. eat like some big spicy kapow or some spicy. Some, you yeah, know, before play it safe before long bus rides. Yeah, that's got to be tip number one. Is right. I, I'm definitely particular about that because of this issue. You know, like, and I don't know. Just try when I travel in general. I I try to like not eat like a too big a meal the day before. And I like to prepare a bunch of snacks. Uh, I like dried mangoes, one of my go-to things, but like, you know, snacking 
over a period of time is minimal. Is, yeah. But yeah, it's a good one. You know, you kind of mentioned the safety and particularly at night. I mean, night buses can be good, but um, you can kind of generally, you know, quick search will turn up safer bus or companies versus others. And I always think you want a bus with two drivers. So a lot of the companies that are a little more reputable. will generally have two drivers, right? So they're swapping off, which I think is really good. And you got to kind of ask yourself, is your life worth 10 bucks? So I think trying to find those long distance buses with two drivers, that's a good option. Yeah, I think it depends how far you're going. Like, I used to always say that in Cambodia. I do for, like, the movies here in Thailand or anywhere in Southeast Asia. Like, if you go to the fancy theater, it's, like, still less than what the normal movies cost in America. Sure, know? yeah. So, like, when buses, like, if you're trying to find, like, the first-class bus seat, it's not going to be, like, $2,700, Yeah, It's going to yeah. cost, like, $3 more, and the bus is going to be, like, way nicer, you know? But now I find that those are the most popular buses, and I started going, like, down a, a grade to, like, the like the B grade buses. Cause they, they're the older, more spacious buses. Sure. Yeah. It depends. I'm kind of talking about the nicer, they call them VIP buses sure, in yeah, a lot of country. Yeah, um, you know, on that note, like if you ride in the country buses, we talked about those are usually just get on and try and find a seat system, but ones where you can book seats. Like if you're feeling a little flush, get two seats next to each other, right? Like, I, I think that's yeah. not a crazy idea. If it's no. a six to 10 hour journey and you can afford it. And the other one is some of these VIP buses will have, you know, a row with two seats together and then a single seat row. So try and configure those. And I would often luck out and get those single seats are really, really good. Yeah, it's getting to the point though that like two bus seats has cost the much as <coughs> one one-way airfare, you know? Like, a little I, bit, I, yeah. I'd, yeah, always, yeah I'd rather just fly. But I do, I've tempted, well, that's what I was saying. Like, I can't sit on a bus that's full. So if you can't buy two seats, then find a different bus, kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously it varies too if we're talking about a three-hour town-to-town bus or a 10-hour overnight bus. But I think those are good. Um, you kind of touched on it. Simple, but I always bring everything I think I'm going to need. You know, bring some your own water, some snacks, those dried things. Mangoes are pretty good. Nuts. Um, stay hydrated, but although I drink a lot, I, I try and like not drink too, too much before you get on the bus the pee and you want to like have water to stay healthy, but don't drink so much. You're going to need the toilet because sometimes those, those bus don't have toilets or they malfunction or it's chain shut or the stops just aren't long bef- beyond that. So I think that's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Water is always good. Uh, some like toilet paper tissues for some of these developing world com- countries. Wet wipes are good. Well, I mean, just even like a lot of countries, there's coin operated tissues. They don't just give you free tissues necessarily. Right. right? And right, if you right. don't have coins, then you're not going to have tissues. Right. Mm. So like even like some hand sanitizer, wet ones, stuff like that. It's always good to have for, for buses. I think. Yeah. You've kind of touched on mine. It's just thinking about little items now. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't own a sarong, but even like a piece of fabric, bring one can make a pillow. Some of those buses, the nicer ones are ice cold, like being in a meat locker. So it can be a, a little towel, which is good. Bring a Ziploc bag. Should you find you need to throw up? I learned that one. And you know, a few wet wipes you said, you know, maybe you get on and something's dirty, right? The armrest and whatnot. So Airplugs are another good one. Um, you know, a pair of wired headphones, not just your wireless ones. So if they run out of batteries in these modern times, uh, yeah. But you know, the buses even in Cambodia now have like chargers and oh USB yeah, they, chargers, yeah, wow, and even plugs, outlets for my computer, which is nice. You know, I was with someone recently who had like my mom wears these armband bracelet thingies. It's like a pressure point. Mm-hmm. They're little scrunchy bracelets that have a pressure point thing that 
prevents her from getting motion sick. You and know, it works. Yeah, it definitely works because she does get motion sick. You know, wow. and, and they help. And someone recently had some sort of like iPhone version of it. They were like digital something. Really? Yeah, like sound wave something or other i don't know but yeah if you do get motion sick you might want to in yeah or valium even for yeah. for me just because like i don't like just being around all the people the hairpin sure. turns are just like the <laughs> so you, you take the edge off you can get some cheap value and, and and i think it's this a small almost obvious one but i always like to think like have a whole bunch of small denominations of money before you get on a bus because you know you don't want to get on a bus and the one stop somewhere and you have a bill that's locally pretty large and you literally like maybe can't buy anything. So you never know if the bus breaks down, you got to rally some transport or just you only want a bottle of water at a stop. Like have a, I think have a variety of domination of bills ready to go. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, pack your sense of adventure to a little degree, you know, because uh, I think when you're getting on the bus, like you'll get there when you get there. Yeah. And uh, hopefully things all go smoothly along the way, but they're not guaranteed. Sure. And this is more planning than I would do. But I think if you're taking those town to town rural buses and you can have a couple of knickknacks, like if there's a pin from your home country or something, if you happen to make that connection with that, you know, old lady with the vegetables or something, sometimes having a little something at the end to give. I don't think ahead like that, but that can be kind of neat because, again, I've probably always left with at least a visual like eye to eye kind of wink. See you later, like neat connection with at least one people, one person on those kind of trips. Yeah, they're always curious, like, what's this dude doing on my bus, you mm. know? And they want to know who, who you are, yeah. where he came from. Look at how like big that. his nose is. Man, his skin <laughs> sure is white. Yeah, I wonder why he's got so many gray hairs on his face. He must be married. I wonder how many children he has. Yeah, I wonder how much his rent is. Like, all the <laughs> things people want to ask you. So I think we've come up with some good ones. I just enjoyed kind of recalling a lot of bus stories. And as I mentioned, you know, buses are used even in the big developing cities, particularly places like Seoul, Tokyo, Beijing, some of those airport buses between big airports can probably be pretty good, but utilize the the country ones too. But they still have a place in societies, even with big modern trains, I think. Yeah. Coex in, in Korea, I don't know if that's still going out of the Incheon airport, the, that Coex bus that used to go to the Coex Center, which is this big shopping mall with everything there. Okay. That was always an awesome experience. So definitely like airports can utilize the bus system well. And uh, getting cross-country, countryside, whether it's rural, China, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, Indonesia. You know, I, I, we haven't mentioned any of the bus stories there. Those buses are a little different. Some of the BMOs uh, for public transportation. Like you said in Chiang Mai, the Song Tao's that they use, like the yeah. little pickup trucks. Uh, maybe we need to do that story. Like the Song Tao's. I've had lots of adventures in, in Song Tao's. Song Tao's and pickup trucks and that kind of adventure. Okay. That could be a good one. Look, everyone, thanks again for listening and uh, starting off your New Year's uh, with us. We appreciate it. Thanks to Patrick A. for being a patron. He gets the extra little goodies, short episodes, and videos in between these regular episodes. Become a patron. Hit donate now on the website. Otherwise, Trevor, real fun to record in person. Yeah, very nice. I think we're probably going to do a patron episode right now. So we are. Patrons, I hope you enjoy that. Other people, you know, give us uh, some sponsorship. We'd love your support. Otherwise, yeah, I'd like to hear some guest suggestions. Uh, you know, we're starting a new year here, and uh, I'd like to have some new and interesting people on the show. So if you think you know someone who would be a good guest, uh, talk to us, talktravelasia at gmail.com. Yeah, well, we're going to go talk about places on our travel radar that we think we might actually get to or try to in 2023 for the patrons. So become a patron if you're not here. Thanks very much, everyone. Until next episode. 
Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and 